On R2C2, CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco guide listeners through everything going on in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. They also talk to friends, athletes, and celebrities about the world of sports and much more. Check out R2C2 with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Daddy Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. We're going to go through waivers today. All the players you should add for your team before week six. It's the beginning of bye weeks, so there's a lot of guys, a lot of fill-ins you need. But first, we have news. John Gruden resigned as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders last night. Special teams coordinator Rich Bisakia is now the interim head coach. Gruden resigned after a series of emails were leaked where he used racist, homophobic, and misogynistic language. Gruden is gone. You know... He had to go. I mean, look, you can't lead a locker room. You can't lead a building. You can't lead an organization. Never mind be the emblem for a city, be in charge of a global brand when you behave this way. And look, when you sign a deal for 10 years and $100 million, it's not just a pitch like, hey, I'm good at football and X's and O's. You're also saying, I'm a leader. I'm in charge. And I'm so good at leading and setting an example that if everyone follows my lead and follows my example, we're going to get to the highest level of the business we're in. And so you have to be held to a higher level of accountability, in theory, at least. I know it doesn't always happen that way, but you can't lead when you're behaving this way. And you shouldn't get to run a multi-billion dollar company when this is how you behave. Yeah, I mean, look, ultimately, he's being held to account for his actions. Those actions are having consequences here. And I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, like everything he said is just so ridiculously offensive to basically everybody. Like he was just going after everybody here. And... I mean, he just cannot, like you said, represent the Raiders. He cannot represent the NFL when he's saying those things. It goes against everything that the NFL is trying to, um, you know, be at the forefront with here with, you know, with enacting social change. I think they have end racism on the back of their helmets currently. And so he just cannot, he, he, he can't be the, he can't be the leader. He can't be a representative of that. And I think, you know, this is, I think this is what had to happen and it was, it is good that it did happen. Yeah, like you guys said, you know, this is kind of the nature of progress. It needed to happen. This is a necessary move. And uh, hopefully stuff like this continues. Yeah, so there is uh, zero good segues from that to like talking about fantasy football. But here we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to go super in depth. <laughs> but I mean, look, he designed the offense and he calls the plays. So the Raiders offense will probably be a lot worse, right, DK? Yeah, and it, it's one of those things where you feel for the players on the team, obviously, um, because 
this is like the John Gruden offense and, and, you know, Derek Carr, he's going to have to go to a different offensive play caller that maybe there's a whole different system. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that they'll just continue to run what they're running, but um, yeah, I can't really expect the Raiders offense to just keep humming along like it was. And this was kind of like what was keeping the team, you know, going. And so I would expect like, again, this is like weird, but like from the fantasy point of view, like I just don't expect the Raiders offense to be very good, like, or, or be as good going forward. So that's something that we're going to have to account for with fantasy. Um, I don't know if there's any actionable stuff right now. I think like Waller is still going to be a starter. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs is still going to be a starter, but just going forward, it is just one of those things you have to wait and see. Yeah, I, it's just a very strange situation, but I agree. I mean, the, the offense will probably just be worse without the guy who's running the offense. Right. All right. right. So that happened kind of overshadowed the Monday Night Football game, uh, which is weird to be watching Monday Night Football, and then there's like a much bigger football story happening while it's going on. But I know. It, I, fe- I felt for the announcers because it kind of came out, and then they were just kind of like had the announcers comment on it, even though they likely didn't have like all of the information, and you could kind of feel them like trying to like get through it and say what they can while not having all the information. And it, it leaves over tough. the broadcast because this happened while Gruden was working at ESPN, and obviously he was the Monday Night Football commentator. So it's just, right, that, that yeah. was very, it was very strange to be watching that broadcast. Anyway, all right, let's get to waivers. Very important note for week six. So this is the beginning of bye week. So the Falcons, mm-hmm. the Saints, the Jets, the 49ers are all on buys. So check your team, see which of the players have buys. And if you have some guys on buys, some guys who are questionable for Sunday, you might maybe need to pick up guys this week and maybe just like put them right in your starting lineup. So we'll keep that in mind. Without further ado, let's get to we're doing showdown time for waivers. <laughs> If you haven't been doing this with us so far, it's simple. We go position by position. We all give our top pick from that position to pick up this week. If we have the same player, we will do a trivia. Craig. Showdown. Time. Time. Showdown time. <laughs> time. It's fine. It's, well, it's, you it's said okay. we will do a trivia showdown. showdown. Uh, whatever. I don't know the whatever. The point is <laughs> we cannot all have the same player, so we'll do trivia, and then hopefully us ranking our preferences helps you decide how you would prefer each player at each position. So yeah. again, if you have trivia questions, showdown time, put email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com, put showdown time trivia in the subject line, and then please put like a lot of body text, like the answer way lower in the email than the actual question. And make sure it's like a number or something where we can be wrong in a sequential order so that we can go <laughs> right. one, two, three. Okay. The closest to. So. I already said without further ado, but without further ado, again, DK, who's your number one running back pickup before week six? So there's a few interesting ones. I ultimately went with Daryl Williams for the Chiefs, uh, 15% roster in Yahoo last I checked. And so, look, there's injuries. There's several injuries at running back position this week. I think the most longer term one is Clyde edwards Zaire, who had a, it looked like, man, when he got tackled, it looked really, really bad. Like he got twisted all around. It sounds like it's just an MCL sprain, which is Probably actually like a, a good news for the team overall, good news for CEH overall. Um, however, it's looking like he's going to miss several weeks with that. Um, and because of that, because of the length of his like absence, I'm going with Daryl Williams, who slow, slots in as like the next replacement there in the Chiefs offense. Again, it's a good offense. Um, you know, this isn't necessarily like going to be a running back one type situation, but I think he could be like a flex option for you going forward. So Daryl Williams, um, he's shown that he can operate in both the run game and the passing game. Um, and again, like I said, it's a high scoring offense. It's a good offense. They don't use the running backs as much as other teams, but I still want a piece of that offense wherever it's coming from. And so, um, yeah, ultimately Daryl Williams is my number one guy on this list. 
Yeah, Clyde's out a few weeks with that MCL sprain. I have Williams as my number one too. He just always looks good with the ball in his hands. He never yeah, plays. Yeah, he's like kind of like one of those underrated guys. Yeah, he's he's just solid. Craig, who is who's your number one? I didn't go with Daryl Williams. I went with Devontae Booker. Yeah, um, I think I I think Saquon's probably still going to be out for at least two weeks. I mean. Uh, I don't think they're going to want to rush him back again after a, yet another injury. I just don't like running backs on the Chiefs. Clyde wasn't even that successful. Right. They actually feed Devontae Booker a lot. He, he's at, The one thing he's kind of been good at is like shouldering a heavy workload. And I don't know about Daryl Williams. I think they're going to use Jarek McKinnon probably more than we want them to. And I feel like I can trust weekly Devontae Booker more than Daryl Williams. I, yeah, and I, I think this is fine. I think this makes a lot of sense. I don't really have a strong... You know, I'm not like opposing that necessarily. The only reason I ultimately leaned Williams first is because I think that I actually think Saquon might only miss one game. I agree. So that's like the thing is like, okay, he could miss two, but I think with with Ceh, he's going to miss like at least three, maybe more with this MCL sprain. I don't think they'll rush him back because like he hasn't been all that you know amazing anyway. Um, so I, that's the only reason I leaned is like the length of time. However, I I will say like with Booker, you're gonna get he's gonna play like. 85 90% of snaps. He's going to get way more volume and he has like mid to RB mid to like low end RB2 upside, maybe even better, honestly, in this next week. And so, um it just kind of depends on what you need for your team. If you need a one week fill in, Booker is by far the 1A for me. If you need to replace CEH or a guy, you know, like Barkley who's going to be missing multiple seasons, I think Daryl Williams is a good option. So, um yeah, I don't really have any problem with that as your number 1 too. I think either of these guys are good options. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I I lean toward Williams. I think Williams will be relevant longer than Booker. Um, although I agree Booker will have a large share of the Giants this week. I think Saquon will be back. And then when Saquon's back, Devontae will be very hard to start. Kind of difficult to roster. Okay, so we got to do some little Darrell Williams showdown time here, DK. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do okay. it. It is the... Who are we doing this for again? Darrell Williams. Darrell, Darrell Williams. Williams. Showdown time! Oh, it's early in the morning. I haven't really done that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for Daryl Williams, mm. what is Napoleon's win percentage in major battles? Oh my God. <laughs> His win percentage. <laughs> yeah. This is a good question. So, oh my God. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's famous for losing the Battle of Waterloo. I could be wrong on that. I don't know a lot of actually about Napoleon. Um, other than that, he was like, he's le- a legendary strategist. Strategic guy? What is it? Strategician? That's the official term. What's the word for someone who's good at strategy? Strategist. Strategist. That's what I was looking for. Strategist. Here you go, DK. DK really showing off his knowledge. (laughs) I'm losing it. Um, Okay, so I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I know the answer in my head. I know the answer I'm going to give. Okay, so I'll just say first. I'm going to say 950. What? No, it's a percentage. Percentage. 95%. I'm I'm saying it like it's a batting average. Yeah. Oh, he's batting 950 in battles. 95% okay. 950. He's batting 950 in battles. When you say a baseball term in, in a, a term that no one would ever use for, like, 950 is never said, it, my brain didn't go there. You know where my brain actually went? This is so embarrassing. I was like, what, who's really good at something? I was like, Steph Curry's good at free throws. What does he shoot? Like, 91%? Let's go with that. That's literally how my brain was. Like, yeah, still 91. <laughs> he's the Napoleon of shooting I was literally, free throws. That was where my brain went. I was like, whatever Steph Curry shoots from free throws, let's go yeah. with that. So 91 for Hyvitz, 95 for DK? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were both high. Um, okay. He wasn't that good, huh? Shit. He fought 60 battles and he lost only seven. So he was 53 for 60, which is 88%. Okay. What a loser. Okay. 
So, 88? That's interesting. That's I thought it was going to be higher because he, like, he, he's like roundly like known as like the most brilliant. But 88% is pretty good. I was joking. Yeah, he just lost a few key ones, I guess. Yeah. Do you think there were like different versions of like war general strategists in terms of like style? Like, are there like West Coast offense war generals back then? And there's like <laughs> yes, you know, establish yeah. the run guys. Yeah, there's the Kyle Shanahan's who the are great Blitz tacticians. Guys. <laughs> there's Kyle Shanahan's like great tacticians, and they're like, hey, why did you pay Jarek McKinnon like twelve million dollars, and then give like Tevin Coleman all that money? It's like, dude, we don't need all these horses, man. Stop paying snipers. Like these guns aren't accurate enough yet. Exactly. All the people that. Uh, that invade Russia are the guys are like the coaches that want to establish the run. Is there like a Napoleon like <laughs> coaching tree that has like stemmed off and won other battles? You know what I mean? Do you think there's like Sixers versions where there's some soul like Achilles is like Ben Simmons? He's like, I'm not going to come. They're like, dude, we built the whole army around you. What are you complaining about? <laughs> and he shows up in the middle of the night. All right. Anyway. He can't fight in the fourth quarter. He can't fight in the dark. Unbelievable. Okay. So I get to real life. <laughs> All right. I After all that, ways. man, I can't believe I lost the fucking Napoleon one. This dude, is that was built for devastating you, for my well, brand. Were, okay. I mean, ironically, you didn't have great strategy there because '95 kind of backed you into a I corner. Know. I just went with what I thought of. I don't know, but that wow. makes sense. DK is an honest man. Okay. Anyway, I get through Williams since DK I lost. So you get Williams. Craig gets Booker, and then I'm just going to mention a few guys I think that are also worth potentially picking up here. Um, Alex Collins for the Seahawks. Chris Carson nursing a. He's nursing a neck injury that was is kind of weird. So apparently he's had this neck injury. It flared up last week, which I, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, there was CX are being pretty vague about it. It sounds like based on what Pete Carroll was saying earlier this week that he's okay. Like he's Carroll said something like, "Oh, he turned a corner," or he like whatever. He's like on track to play. I still think it's worth picking up Collins just in case. If if calls if Carson doesn't play, Collins is worth a start going forward, especially now with Gino under center. CX are probably going to go back to their really conservative, run-heavy ways, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think he's an option to pick up this week. Khalil Herbert for the Bears. Yes. We were all very excited about Damian Williams. Damian Williams came through. He scored a touchdown. He, he was pretty solid. But Khalil Herbert actually carried the ball more times than Damian Williams. Um, this is a rookie for the Bears with David Montgomery out. I'm guessing that they're going to continue to have um, sort of a timeshare between Khalil Herbert and Damian Williams. I thought Herbert looked pretty good. Like, he had some juice. Um and, and 18 carries for 75 yards. Yeah, and and honestly, like the Bears are going to continue to be like this with Justin Fields under center. They're going to be run heavy. If you need to like plug and play someone at running back this week, I would go for Devontae Booker. But if you're just looking to add a running back, but you don't necessarily need to play them this week, I would actually add Khalil Herbert over Devontae Booker. Really? Yes. Because I don't think Devo I, like. It, I, maybe we're coming down to Saquon's ankle injury. It looked awful because Saquon's ankle like was swollen. That's just swelling. It goes down. A low ankle sprain is completely different than a high ankle sprain. I I I, I think he will be playing two week uh, like the week after next Saquon. So I don't think Booker has the value. The, I, don't you think the Khalil Herbert thing is a little bit of a smokescreen? I mean, they were, they were like winning the whole game. Fields was like banged up. Herbert was out touched three to one inside the 10 by Damien Williams. They're playing the Packers next week. They're probably not going to be in a positive game script. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I it's just because Montgomery's on IR. And it, I feel And also, I think Herbert got like the final two drives, I believe. Like he kind of got all the snaps. I think that that's the kind of guy that might get more work going forward. So, but they were winning that game. Now they're playing Green Bay. They're going to get their ass kicked. They're not going to, I mean. That's totally fair. I just don't know if Devon, like Montgomery being on IR, and I believe not necessarily going to come back off immediately. I I would rather go with the guy who has multi-week opportunity, even if 
we don't know how it's going to shake out yet. Whereas Booker, once yeah. Saquon returns, I don't know what Booker's value is. You can't play Booker once Saquon comes back. I'm not necessarily advocating that plugging Herbert into your lineup right away because I think it is, like Craig said, it's sort of still a, a murky situation. Um, but if Herbert ends up being sort of like the guy that they like more in this situation, that could be valuable. So he's more of a flyer. And then finally, another flyer, Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. Damian Harris went out of the game last week with a ribs injury, it sounds like. He went back in. Um, but ribs injuries are one of those things where a lot of the times the guys just go in, they're on adrenaline, they go back in, and then you find out later, like, this is a more problematic injury. It's like a pain management thing. Sometimes guys can't come back. So if Damian Harris is out, Ramondre Stevenson will take his role. Um, and also the fact, I don't think it really matters, honestly, because I think they still trust him. But Harris did fumble at the one-yard line uh, going in for a touchdown. It would have been a touchdown, but he fumbled. We've seen uh, the running backs for the Patriots go into the doghouse because of those those situations. Harris has now fumbled twice this year. Um, so all the all the Patriots running backs have fumbled. I don't know how they're going to like figure this all out, but I think he's worth a flyer at least. Um, and then, yeah, so I think those are a couple other guys. If you're really desperate and you're in a PPR league, uh, Brandon Bolden for the Patriots has the James White role currently. It's not very valuable at this point because um, they're just doing such a rotation, but if you're desperate, that's another guy. Okay, so I just want to link it here because I think this is a big week for people. If you need to play someone this week, the top two or it's like Darrell Williams, Devontae Booker are top two. And then I think Alex Collins is probably three. If you need to play someone yeah. this week, if Carson's agree out. On that. Yeah, if Carson's and out. And then if you don't actually need someone for this week, but you just want someone on your bench who might go up in value, I think it's Darrell Williams, Khalil Herbert. And then I'd probably take Ramon J. Stevenson over Devontae yeah. Booker if you're hope right. And then maybe Alex Collins and then Booker actually last, unless you're thinking Saquon gets hurt again. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, let's get to receiver. DK, who's your number one receiver that you would add ahead of week six? I feel like this is going to be an easy one. Kadarius Tony for the yeah, Giants just been. looked really, really good. Tons and tons of targets. 14 targets, I think I saw. Um, 189 catches. yards. Yeah, I mean, he looked really, really solid. Um, very dynamic. He was running more routes than I expected. So, like I said on a previous spot, like I thought he'd come in and be like a gadget guy, which isn't very valuable in fantasy right away. I thought like they'd work him in eventually to the offense, but he was running routes all over the place. He was running routes on the outside. He went up and caught like a, a ball down the sideline. That was really impressive. Um, doing everything in this offense. And Galladay is hurt now again, which is a big problem. Shepard's already out. Darius Slayton's out. I don't know if they're going to come back this, this week. It doesn't look great for either of those guys. Um, 
So Tony has the potential here to be like the the actual number one in this offense, and he looks really, really good. So he is by far on this whole list. You know, everybody that we talk about today, I think like Tony is the number one priority for me. Um, go get him. Three things I want to say about Tony. One, he is unquestionably the only way the Giants can actually pick up yards now that like Saquon <laughs> people are hurt. That's tough. Two, he did punch a guy like at the end That's, of the game and it yeah. needs x-rays on his hand. Like it's probably fine, but just have a hand injury. Three, the Giants play the Rams this week. So you need to pick him up understanding he really might suck this week, but like, and the Giants have a tough schedule, but that he's still clearly going to have a role the rest of the season. I, I have Kadarius Tony number one. Yeah. Craig, I assume you do too. Yep. Love him. Uh, the thing I want to mention with Tony, just as a small warning, I still think you absolutely have to make him your number one waiver priority, but he did have an ankle injury that uh, Joe Judge was pretty vague about. He said, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a season ender. So that's oh, what good. we know. Great. He, judges, he, judges on the Bill Belichick level of like injury yeah. authentic, like transparency, like Deshaun McVay, Belichick, like they don't tell you anything. Well, so that's um, great. Yeah, so he 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 might not play this week. However, I still think he's worth being picked up just based on you know the way he's looked and and what he could de- eventually do down the line. So, um, yeah, he'd definitely be number, my number one. Yeah, for rookie wide receiver has almost two hundred yards in a game. Like it's no joke. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so let's get to the Craig, if you will. So then we got a three-way Kadarius Tony showdown time. <laughs> All right, I'm good. pulling a special question out of the bag for this uh, this one. Oh. It's from George. It's one of the better George. questions we've ever gotten. The most popular Mariah Carey song <laughs> is All I Want for Christmas is You, right. which has almost a billion listens on Spotify. Wow. How many listens does Mariah Carey's song Fantasy have on Spotify right now? <sighs> what a question. What a all question. I want so, for Christmas is a billion. A billion. So all I want for Christmas is like just under a billion. So how many does fantasy have? Do you get something special if you get to a billion listens on Spotify? They probably send like a, a special club. Why don't we get to a billion listens on a on a podcast episode and they'll just send it to us? <laughs> a billion? Can you imagine? Um, let's to see do here. that, we'd probably have to get Mariah Carey's fantasy as our intro. <laughs> we would probably. <laughs> we might need all I want for Christmas is you. So. The first name, the first name, uh, sorry, first number that came to my mind was 500 million. Oh, yeah, I, I have 340 million. That's probably where I'm going to go way lower. I'm going to go. I mean, I could game theory it and just pick like 300 and like walk away with this clean. But what were you thinking in the moment? The actual number I, th- I would guess is like 80 million. Okay. But I'm going to, I'll give you, I'm not going to do the price is right thing. It bothers me. I'm going to tell you what I really think. I think it's like 80 million. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for right, so we just your I'm, integrity. Just pull it up. Thank you for Craig, not. Do you have cheating. your phone? Do you have your phone? Can you check this right now? My oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Room. Fantasy has 159 million. Wow. Okay. So, so Hyvitz is a little closer than me. I was way off. Turns out I'm not very good at these. <laughs> well, I think that you know you know what happened. Perfect example of anchoring, which is you were like, oh, a billion. Let's go with like half that. But you the tree is that. All I want 700 is, feet tall. Yes. Exactly. But like. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is you is like listen to millions of people every single year for like a month and a half on repeat. Why is that one song so much more popular than the other ones? That's really- could not recommend higher. 60 songs that explain the 90s with Rob Harvilla. It is, I, I probably should admit this, maybe my, like, I actually think it's the best podcast the ringer does. Is 60 songs Here's that explain the Here's the answer to DK. It absolutely bangs. Dude, <laughs> listen to the All I Want Fair. for Christmas is You episode <laughs> of 60 Songs to Explain the 90s by Rob Harvilla about Mariah Carey. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Also, every time Mariah Carey gets a stream for 
fantasy, I believe Tom Tom Club, the song Genius of Love, they get a cut of that because the the it's a sample from that song, which is also a good song. Wow. Nice. Incredible. Okay. I get Kadarius Tony because you guys had a little too much faith in that song. But I like that you believed. Uh, who's closer? Craig, you get the second pick at receiver. Yeah, this is boring because I feel like he's constantly referenced, but he's still not above 40%. Tim Patrick. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Yep. Like Tim Patrick is just extremely consistent week in, week out. He had seven catches for 89 yards last week. Uh, 24% target share. Like he is just the one, like the, the 1A or 1B receiver each week in Denver. And like they're playing the Raiders next week. I just think Tim Patrick what is solid. Tim Patrick was named Kadarius Tony, and Kadarius Tony was named Tim Patrick. It'd be a much closer competition <laughs> yeah. on the waivers this week. D, all right, so you get Tim Patrick. I think that's a good one. DK, I already know where you're going. I already feel it deep in my bones who you're picking right well, now. Well, I think that what you're alluding to is Rondell Moore. Yes. Okay, so he he was on the cusp, He's another actually. one that's like, are we counting this? Like, or not? I mean, if, it, yes. he does pass. That was my that was my question. I didn't, so usually we use 40% as a cutoff. He, he's right at 40% last time I looked. So, and also, obviously, I'm I'm having some reticence to ring up Rondell Moore because I hyped him up really hard a couple of weeks ago, and then his usage fell back down. I was thinking it was going to keep going up. However, all that being said, I do think it might actually start going up again. For the first time uh, all season, he actually did run more routes than Christian Kirk. It feels like they're working him into the offense. Also, with uh, Max Dosecki's Williams, horrific knee injury, he's out for the year. Um the, the Cardinals really could end up... So they were they were really liking what he was bringing, both in the run game and the pass game. He was, They were playing a lot of 11 personnel, which is one tight end and three receivers. Going forward, if they want to get their best combination of personnel on the field, they may end up just going four receiver sets. This is something that we all thought uh, Cliff Kingsbury was going to do when he came into the NFL. Hasn't really materialized. I mean, they still lead the NFL in four receiver sets, I think. But it's like, it hasn't been over 50%. It's been like in the 20s or 30s or something like that. Going forward, there is this chance that Rondell Moore is going to get more snaps. If he gets a bigger piece of that pie, it's a good offense. Um, it's a high-scoring offense, and he's honestly looked incredible. Like, everything he does, every time he touches the ball, he looks like he shot out of a cannon. He made an incredible sideline catch. So at the risk of you know further tarnishing my reputation when it comes to getting overexcited about rookies, Rondell Moore is worth a flyer at the very least. I actually didn't have him on my list. He wasn't my next player just because I wasn't sure if he, he would really count. Um, another couple of players I think are worth Wait, looking hold, at. Before you do that, can I give a Craig impression about Rondell Moore? I want to do my Craig impression. Rondell Moore is the person that you've like been hooking up with, and but you <laughs> need to go exclusive. Like You were like, you added them, they had a big couple weeks, and then they like the routes went down, the points went down, you cut them on, off. Are they on the team? Are they off the team? Now it's like... You need to go like you define the relationship. Down. Don't yeah. let them go. Don't let them be with another team. Don't you want to see them at Instagram like like Instagram official with another dude? Like you're gonna get really upset. It is add Rondell Moore. Hold on to them. You will not regret it. Yeah, they're like Shiv in Succession. We're all Tom. It's like Shiv. Can you not? Can you not screw around on me? Just commit. I'm a. I'm nice. Just commit. It's nice here in the apartment. Just stay in one night. Just with me. TK, do you get that? Do either of you get no. that? Do you watch Succession? I have it. It's like on my list. You don't watch? I've, you're not up to date on Succession, wanna, Heifetz? Can we do real talk? All right. I went on vacation oh my God. with I my know, family when Succession came out. And I came back. two years ago. Well, I know. But when I came <laughs> back, everyone at The Ringer was obsessed with it. And 
I realized in retrospect that I just had this like deep subconscious lizard brain of like, nope, I won't do it. I'm late and I can't handle it. I think I've always been that way since I was in, I'm serious, since I was in preschool. The first day of preschool, I showed up and my mom, we were like five minutes late and I wouldn't go in the room. And the teacher's like, it's, my mom didn't know what was wrong with me. And the teacher was like, it's because everyone else is already in there having fun. Get here early. And then I never had a problem. My mom just got me there early and it was never a problem ever again. And I realized I'm still like that because I was the last person to succession. And then now I just, I just, I'm just, I, I, I'm late and I don't want to, I don't want to do kinda, it. It's kind of, that's similar to how I am, Hyphits too, actually. Once everyone's like, once I'm Squidward and everyone else outside the window is SpongeBob and Patrick, I'm like, ugh, whatever. I'm like above that. I'm not. I want to watch the show, but that's the real I answer. understand that. I understand that for like the Flash and the Pan shows, like, or like, you know, like when Bird Box came out and it was like a week <laughs> yeah, of like, yeah. everyone, and I was like, hey, if I miss that, a month from now, no one's going to be talking about it. Succession's like the best show since Game of Thrones. I like, don't. I, here's the thing. Wow. I am not sitting here being like, Succession bored me. I watched the first few episodes. It's amazing. And I'm trying to be as honest as I humanly can. It's not actually up to me and my conscious brain. I have subconsciously decided that I will. I have been othered and I will reject it. Like It's, it's wow. not really a conscious decision. So where are you at right now? Are you going to watch it or no? I want to watch it, but now it's football season. Season three comes out this Sunday. I know. I want to watch it, but realistically, it's very difficult to catch up on TV shows for me during football season. Yeah. Well, that I was going to say, like a lot of the times I'm like high fits where I'm kind of like, I go against the grain. If it's like the thing I talked about like a month ago, where if you, if everyone is really excited about a breakfast spot and then <laughs> yes, like I just like instinctively don't want to like it. That's not really what's going on with me on this case though. Like it's really just, there's a lot of shows and that hasn't been something that my significant other wants to watch. And so therefore I haven't watched it. <laughs> this is exactly where I get into you know? a show. It's like, if everyone loves it for a couple of seasons and if season three is good, I'm like, all right, I'll get into it now. But I just, I don't have the patience to like get into a show that people are like eventually get disappointed with. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very bad at I want to watch TV. Billions and I want to watch Succession because I've watched like half of the first season of Billions and I liked it. I've heard of that. Succession destroys Hillow. billions. Yeah, Succession, Succession oh, yeah, is would... actually like a Pantheon show. Like it'll go down as one of the best 10 shows ever. I, okay. I have no doubt. It's fantastic. I'm just well, saying. I, so I'm not going to rage against Machine. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch okay. it. All right. Well, we'll do a little rewatch party. DKN will catch up and you can, we'll do a yeah, little. Yeah, maybe I and I can Zoom and, and watch the show together or something like that. No, um, we're not going to do a pod about it. But we will watch and Craig can kind of like be like, oh, how's it going? <laughs> we'll do like a little segment. Okay. Hold so on. I got, got one, off, oh, sorry. Yeah, I got Kadir as Tony. Craig got Tim Patrick. DK, you're taking Rondell Moore. I agree. I think Rondell Moore, I think that's, I actually put Rondell Moore above Tim Patrick. I do think yeah. that's the top three. Are there other receivers you would target, DK? So I had Amon Ross St. Brown on my list for the Lions. He's actually rostered in 3% of leagues. Um, he had 73% snaps in week four and a 22% target rate. He had another very solid game in terms of snaps and routes. He ran 47 snaps, or he played 47 snaps. 31 routes, 8 targets, 7 catches, 65 yards in week 5, which is all really strong numbers for him because he had only been playing sort of like a, a part-time role as a slot-only guy in the beginning of the season. However, with uh, Quintez Cephas, I believe he broke his collarbone. Yeah, He's going to be out for the Not confirmed, the but he, he might be out for the season, yes. Um, and this could give St. Brown an opportunity. I recognize the fact that this is a volatile offense. We can't necessarily trust anybody in this offense. Hawkinson's even had a, had issues um, going like getting going over the last few weeks. However, like Amon Ra St. Brown, he's looked really solid when he's played. Um, and his 
route rate and target rate has been really strong the last two weeks. So he's a guy to keep on your radar for sure going forward. And the Ryans are always going to, I feel like they're always going to have a negative game script, which means they're going to be throwing a lot. So um, I don't know. I don't necessarily feel super confident in him being pretty like consistent, but I think he's definitely a guy to keep on your radar if you want like to stash a player. Um, and like, kind of like if you, if you're in a position where you could stash a guy, he might be a guy to keep in mind. I completely agree. I, I would not, not add Amon Ross St. Brown in a 10 team league. I think he's right on the border. If you're getting pretty desperate at 12 team league, like he's a good ad. And then anything above 12, I would definitely add Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Can I add a couple other guys? Definitely. Juju Smith Schuster is out for the year. So James Washington kind of comes into play. Oh, that's he an interesting is, one. It's kind of like the Michael Gallup for the Steelers where he's better than his position on the team. Uh, I think he'd probably be like a second or a third wide receiver on a different team. But James Washington is solid if Pittsburgh's offense continues to look like it did yesterday. He could actually be like a viable option. And then the other guy I wanted to mention is Sammy Watkins finally delivered on his fantasy um, destiny and hurt his hamstring on Monday night. <laughs> and Rashad Jeez. Bateman is scheduled to come back in week six. So That's a good one. That is a good one. By the way, this is like a bigger picture thing that we need to note, and I think it's important. The Ravens are passing a lot, you guys. Like for for all the hand wringing and worry, the hash slinging, the hand wringing, all that I stuff that DK, went into there's zero like, chance DK got that one. I know where <laughs> I love hash. Was that a Drake? Was that a Drake reference? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually you know, so. It's what you don't you don't know the hash slinging by Drake. <laughs> the hash slinging. Wait, the was it really hash slinging slasher? That's like Drake's biggest hook. Shut yeah. the hell up. Anyway, it is. Wait, it really was Drake. It's the Drake. Hash slinging <laughs> slasher. <laughs> I thought the you were hash slinging, the rash slinging. Yeah, you don't know that. If it, if it, if you guys are fucking with me, I'll never know it. Just for the record, um, <laughs> we would never. Regardless, it's actually kind of awesome because well, look, I I I recognize like if you had J.K. Uh, not J.K. Simmons, Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins prior to the <laughs> Did year. Did you just confuse him with the actor? <laughs> Can you like, imagine J.K. Simmons Juno? running back for the Ravens? That'd be amazing. Whiplash. Uh, <laughs> not not quite my tempo. Um, <laughs> anyways, so oh DK has time to watch Whiplash. He's got time to watch Success. Dude, <laughs> by the way, this is getting way off the rails again. But I I had no concept of what Whiplash was. I was on a plane one time and I was like, oh, this looks good. Like I, this looks interesting. Good actors. Blah blah blah. I had I had no concept of what it was. I'd never heard of it. And then I watched it. I was like, this is the best fucking movie ever. Like it was so good. I really really enjoyed it. Um, that's not really much of a story. But um, Damien Chazelle. That's the guy who also did La La Land. Man, it was really good. I loves La La Land. Regardless, uh, getting back to the point, if you had J.K. JK Simmons, if you had J.K. Dobbins, obviously that's disappointing. <laughs> However, it's kind of sweet that the Ravens can't run for shit anymore. That's that's an over. That's an that's an exaggeration. They're still fine, but they're like middle of the pack as a running team now. They were the best Lamar running Jackson, offense like ever by right. yards per attempt <laughs> for like a couple of years. So. Right. So now they're middle of the pack. It's great for fantasy in terms of like yeah. the receivers there. Marquise Brown just go nuclear, which is awesome. We love to see it. I was way too fucking early on that, but it still makes me happy to see him like thriving. Um, Lamar Jackson, we didn't really talk about this, looked incredible, incredible on Monday Night Football. He was just so dialed in, just picking apart the Colts. So he went, he finished down the stretch, I want to say 29 to 32. Did you see this stat where there have been more than 4,000 games where quarterbacks thrown the ball 40 or more times and Lamar Jackson is the best completion percentage in any of those games ever. It was over 90%, it was like 86 right? or oh, something, okay. 88 on 40-plus passes. Yeah. I will say, Incredible. the defense was gassed. Sure. A large part of that was that they were out of players in the secondary and were gassed. Like, it's a, we're going to come a little bit, but like, Mark Andrews, legendary performance. Mm -hmm. 
Lamar, I mean, the the people were tweeting at me like all these screenshots of people who like, you know, the you need 40 points on Monday to football and you get 41 from Mark Andrews. It's incredible. Incredible. Anyway, incredible don't even know how stuff. we got there. Marquise Brown is the wide receiver six. How did we even yeah. get here? What were you talking about? I was, uh, what I was talking oh, about Sammy was Washington Rashad, Bateman. Rashad Bateman. So Rashad Bateman, all of a sudden, the Ravens number two slash number three receiver, because obviously Mark Andrews needs to be included in this discussion. However, all of a sudden, the, the third guy in this offense might actually be worth something because they're throwing the ball at a much higher rate than normal. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is on pace to finish with, I think I saw it was like 500 or something, 550 uh, passes over a 16-game season, which is like just giving you context. Like he threw the ball like low 400s last year. Like his, the, his passing rate is way up. Um, and that's great. And defense that's perfect. Worse. That's what we want. Yeah, the defense isn't as good. Yeah, they're not as good the run this game year. sucks. Yeah, which is great for <laughs> fantasy. Love bad teams. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm excited about it. I think this gives, uh, this opens up some options in the Ravens passing game for fantasy. And I think Rashad Bateman is a great option because I think, yeah, this is a great guy to like just park him on your bench see how it all goes, if they continue to throw a lot, if if Lamar continues to be very, very efficient, which he was um, this last week. And it, basically, he's been very efficient his whole career, but with more volume. Um, yeah, there's definitely opportunity there, so I like that. Man, we got and they're playing they're playing the Chargers next week, which is going to be an awesome game. I wish that could be Sunday night instead of Geno Seriously. Smith versus Big Ben. Seriously, good Lord. How weird is it? So the Chargers are going against the Ravens, and the Chiefs are against... Washington. So you've two like of the best teams in the AFC West are in Maryland, like an hour from each other. It's kind of weird. Hmm. Same time. Anyway, no one cares about that. Uh, <laughs> last thing I want to mention, speaking of the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill has an undisclosed knee injury that we have we know nothing about, which I want to throw out there. We have no actionable information on this, and obviously it doesn't actually mean anything because we don't know if Michael Hardman is like a one to one replacement or like Demarcus Robinson. But just keep it on your radar. Josh no Gordon was wrong. Tyreek Hill. Josh Gordon. Right. Well, stud. You, yeah, sure. Pick him up we'll, at your own risk. Okay. So to just recap there, because that was a really long conversation. Kadarius <laughs> Tony, Tim Patrick, Rondell Moore is our top tier. And then also keep an eye on Amon Ross St. Brown, James Washington, and Rashad, Rashad Bateman. Bateman. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to throw a little dart throw if you're in a really deep league. John Ross, but he gets a touchdown this week. <laughs> go there for you that go. For, okay. I like All it. Right, but not in anything other than like a 16 team league. Please don't add him. Did we 16. already do, did we already do the uh, showdown? I can't even remember at this point. Yes, we did. I think it was the Mariah Carey thing. Oh yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we can move yeah, on. We did. Wow. Okay. That's if DK forgot that, then we need to move on. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Tight end. DK is your number one tight end this week. Okay, so... I don't know if I'm going against grain here or not. Dan Arnold for the Jaguars, who is rostered in 4% of, te- of leagues. 
I'm pretty excited about the usage and the long-term viability of this ad. Like, there's other guys, and we get to those other guys that might be better, like, this week options. However, Sam, uh, Dan Arnold, not Sam Darnold, Dan Arnold, <laughs> 52 snaps out of 71 uh, for the Jags this, this week. He ran 30 routes, which was second most on the Jaguars team, <laughs> which is, I mean, say what you want about the Jaguars. They're just a clusterfuck of weird. Um and then he had eight targets and a team high six catches for 64 yards. I actually think he looked pretty good. So I, I watched uh, the Jags game last week right after they had traded for Arnold. And he only played like a couple of series. He, he didn't play that often. They were basically trying to work him into the offense because he probably didn't know the playbook and all that. Um, but he looked pretty solid, pretty dynamic, like a run after the catch kind of guy. Good athleticism. He's more of a receiver oh, than a Good athleticism? End. He's He was a receiver, I believe, in college. Or at least that, those guys can be called athletic. He is very athletic is the key here. And it's the main thing that I'm I'm like focusing on that he's athletic. Um, but he looked he looked dynamic. And I think he's gonna have a big part of this offense. They traded a fucking top ten pick for this guy. So they better have a fucking plan for him. Um, I still can't believe that they did the that. Like, they draft a cornerback fire. ninth, and then two years later, you're like, let's get that tight end that like the Panthers might cut. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, um, I yeah, like this. There's definitely some guys I would probably pick ahead of him, but I see like I definitely there's a world where Dan Arnold just actually ends up like the number two receiver on this team over the next couple months. <laughs> but my number one pick this week is Evan Engram, and it's oh, everything we just said about okay. the Giants. Which look, you know, he had four catches for 55 yards last week. That's not nothing. And then again, it's like Kenny Galladay's hurt. We still don't know the deal with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Saquon's hurt. Kadarius Tony is. I mean, my God, like you might have to deal with freaking Jalen Ramsey this week. Like, you know, Evan Ingram is there and like he's suddenly probably the number two option on this team, maybe like that just, you know, I think he's like a Glansburg. He's been forgotten about because he had that calf injury early. But like, I think Evan Ingram's about as good as you're going to do short and medium term for a tight end off waivers. Very athletic guy. Uh, (laughs) You're just doing that to needle me at this point. Yeah, a little bit. However, he is very athletic. He ran a (laughs) 4-4. God damn it. It's going to be the first time. Is this the first time that we all have a different option? I went with Ricky Seals-Jones. Yeah, this was my number two. So Curtis Samuel came back. Because remember last week, I made fun of you guys. And I said Ricky Seals-Jones was not a real um, option. And I was like, that's a dumb person to add. And I said, Curtis Samuel's better. Well, Ricky Seals-Jones had a good game. Curtis Samuel uh, re-injured his groin and is out again. He's week to week. Someone was talking on on Twitter. I think it was JJ Zacharyson about how if Ricky Seals-Jones didn't go by Ricky... He would not be a very good ad, but because he goes by Ricky, imagine if this was Richard Seals Jones or Dick <laughs> Dick Seals Jones. If he was Dick, if he was Dick Seals Jones, he'd probably be, be my number one ad here. If he was, or what if he was just Dick Jones? That's that's pretty <laughs> Dick good. Jones, Dick Seals. Dick um, Jones sounds like a Mad Men character, but Ricky Seals Jones played ninety nine percent of snaps. He had yeah. eight targets, eighty seven percent of routes. This dude is locked in. They're playing the Chiefs. He got. He literally is getting the exact Logan Thomas role, which is yes. what you want. That's yeah. li- also. I have to just put myself on like the pyre here, or like put my head on a pike. I literally said he would not just exactly get Logan Thomas role. <laughs> so like you guys, are right. I gotta give you. Thank like, you. That's. I believe that's like the quote. I was like, he will not just Thank get you for the Logan that. Thomas role, and there he is. So yeah, I'll, that's pretty. I wouldn't cool have that remembered that, that. So yeah, yeah, I like him too. I that's think a that's, good, okay. He might actually be a better option than Dan Arnold. I don't know. If we'll the other see. ones I want to throw out here, Hunter Henry had a good week. He is clearly mm-hmm. the pass catching tight end and not Johnny Smith. 
However, he's a little above 40% owned right now on in Yahoo and ESPN, yeah, but I don't want to play the Hunter Henry game. But like the other one I, I want to throw at you guys is David Njoku. Yeah. Before the Mark Andrews like destruction game was the number one tight end this week. And so I wanted to ask you guys, like, is this like the classic you chase the guy who had like the huge game and then he does nothing for you? Because like that was my gut. And it's I, I don't care that he had a great week. I feel like I don't want to chase that. I think he is the guy that it, I the way I see Njoku is he's going to be very volatile. He still only played 46 snaps out of 72 for the Browns on Sunday. Um, he did run, according to PFF, a position high 21 routes and he had seven targets. None of the other tight ends had targets in this game. They all, they, uh, both Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant, sorry, uh, had zero targets. However, the fact that I'm mentioning these two other guys is what worries me. The Browns are still a three tight end rotation. It's exactly the opposite of what you want. You want the tight end that you're going after to be like the number one or number two option in Ricky on the Seals team. Jones with the 99%. Correct. Totally. You do not want to try and rely on a guy who is part of a three man tight end rotation. And every week it seems like someone different is like the focal point of that group. Yeah. I think Austin Hooper has had the most tight end targets leading up to last week. And then Njoku had the big game. I just think it's a stay away. And Jarvis Landry might come back soon, but so, okay. Yeah. So we don't have to linger on why three tight ends is bad. I think he still has, he still has explosion potential because he's a good player, former first round pick, very athletic. However, God damn, yeah, I just don't I, trust it. Why does he get You guys remember done? Hayden Hurst? That was fun. Okay. So Njoku <laughs> is, not the guy this week, even though he's, if you sort by last week points, he'll come up first. We don't want him. While we're here, just recommending tight ends. I think Robert Tunyon is droppable, which I say at the risk of death because he might just get three touchdowns last week. I think you can cut him, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. is like you never know when his points are going to come. But like he's just, but he, he's just, there's no floor. Like last week, he had one catch for eight yards. Before that, he had two catches for eight yards. Before that, he had one catch for six yards. Before they had a, oh, three catches, 50 yards, a touchdown. You can get that from anyone. This is a guy who's getting single-digit yardage, single-digit yardage in four of his five games. Yeah, you can get that from freaking Austin Hooper or any of the Browns tight ends we just mentioned. That's like Harrison Bryan's doing that. So no, I'm. I think you can cut Robert Tunyon and not worry about it. With that said, Heifetz just jinxed all of this, and Tunyon will have two touchdowns this week. He has to, right? Now that I said that, it's the Ricky Seals Jones curse. Before we end up. Before we finish, I think it is important to mention uh, Zach Ertz, who is rostered in 37% of Yahoo leagues, is another yeah. very good option because Dallas Goddard was put on the COVID list today. He could come back in time. I believe they play on Thursday. Yeah, they play Tampa Bay on Thursday, the, the Eagles do. So there's a chance that Goddard comes back and is in the in the lineup. However, it's unlikely, I would say, at this point that he's going to make it back. Oh, this just happened. So, yeah, this happened. This is Tuesday morning. We're recording late today uh, because we took the day off yesterday for Indigenous People's Day. However, uh, if Goddard doesn't play, Zacharis is a great start, I think. I would put Goddard for this. I think Evan Ingram, I would take over Goddard long term for the rest of the season. I would actually, if you have to stream Ertz, for this mean? week, I would take Ertz over Ingram because the Bucks defense lost someone else. Levante David, who is like the most underrated player on the entire Bucks team, like the key to the defense, really. I believe probably going to miss that game on Thursday. It's like not sure, but I mean, again, they just have nobody to guard these guys. Like Ertz, Ertz is probably a really good th- um, pick against yeah. the Bucks. I don't know. I, I wouldn't feel confident starting him if Dallas Goddard comes back, though. No, Unless, no, no. Yeah. Okay. But we'll see. Okay. So keep that in mind. All right. Streamers, do we want to do a trivia question just in memory of <laughs> for fun? Just let it go. <laughs> Let's yeah, sure. It. Yeah. Pointless showdown. Is that cheap in the product if we're just doing it? Now there's no stakes. Who cares? It's fun. 
All right, fuck it. I'm gonna. How about this? I'm changing my answer to Ricky Seals Jones, and then now we can have a Seals. Damn Jones it, DK. Show. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, how much gold in tons has been mined in human history? Oh, oh hell, God. gold is heavy too. This is tough. so. I actually know one part of this, which is that I, re- I I believe all of the gold ever mined in human history can fit in like two Olympic sized swimming pools. Hmm. Okay. What? However, that yes, because think about how thin like gold's very thin. That's crazy. And like you can but however, I have no idea what that means in weight. <laughs> so it's kind of useless. I'm gonna be so, so far off here. Craig. Me too. Okay. I know that we're not playing the the prices right thing, so I'm just gonna think of something here. Um well, ton wait, is, everybody think of something at the same time. How many time. tons? How many tons? Yeah, I need more than a couple a ton is how many tons? Two, a ton so, is two thousand pounds. Two thousand right? pounds. I'm trying to envision 2,000 pounds of gold. How much How much of those little bricks in the movies weigh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they, they always They're kind of throw heavy. it, but it's They're not heavy. like a toss like, like your car keys. There's always like a little... 50 pounds? 25 pounds? <laughs> those things no got to weigh at least 8 pounds? I bet they're pounds? 50 pounds. No, that's A gold high. bar? A gold bar? I think a gold bar is like 10, 15 pounds. I'm going to say gold bar is 10 pounds. Like, if I tossed a 10-pound dumbbell, I think it would look a lot like tossing a gold bar in a movie. Yeah. So I'm going to go with 10 pounds. I have seen... 20,000 of those in various movies. So that's 200,000 pounds. And that's probably all the gold in the world, right? I looked it up. Is this cheating if I look it up? Yeah, a that's gold, the fucking uh, definition of cheating. A gold brick weighs 27 pounds. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, those things are fucking heavy. They're beefy. Wow. Um, Damn, so I could curl gold bars? Yeah. I mean, if you're really dude, do bougie. You, do you th- dude, do you think people gold do dumbbells? that? Gold dumbbells? Do you think like, <laughs> think like MBS does that? My God, that's actually uh, pretty cool. Big rich guy move. <laughs> All right, are you guys going to say pounds or tons? Oh yeah, we have to say tons, otherwise they'll screw everything up. So, okay, so figure tons? out your answer in pounds, and then take three zeros off. No, I'm saying tons. Yeah, it's the point. Say tons. Okay, Robert Tunyon. Okay, Tunyon. I'm saying 500 tons. I was going to say 10 million pounds, which is what a thousand tons. <laughs> I no, fear, DK's biggest fear is doing math live on air. I went way above you guys. I said 100,000 tons. I'm saying 500 tons. Wow. This is really getting us. Uh, the answer is, oh my God, it's 200,000 tons. That makes Hell more yeah. sense. Hell yeah. I won Did one. I say 500? What's wrong with me? In the entire history of the world? Come on, guys. Yeah, I guess I left that part out. I really got stuck on the gold bar thing, didn't I? 100,000. I said 100,000. So it was 200,000? You were pretty close, actually. 100,000 is pretty good. You were close. I also think I did my math wrong. I think I did everything wrong. Everything I could have gone. Okay, anyway. I think we cheated. I think 10 million divided by 2,000 is 5,000. I only go, like, look, I can't go if there's no stakes, you know? I'm like Michael Jordan golfing. There's no money on it. I can't, you know, I can't hit straight. Okay. If you need a quarterback to stream this week, this is, so again, the teams are the Falcons, Niners, Jets, and Saints. However, the injuries, again, Russell Wilson, sorry, DK, Russell Wilson hurt his middle finger. So he already had surgery like 16 hours after it happened, but he's out for a while. So, and then Trey Lance also had a sprained knee. The Niners are on by this week, but like Kyle Shannon is like BT dubs, Trey Lance knee sprain. You know, he'll probably play after the bye. We'll see. This is a great week. Honestly, the, the Niners had a really luck. This is a great bye week for the Niners. Incredible. They really need it. Yeah. And then Daniel Jones will see his status. We don't know it yet, but I think the obvious quarterback streamer for me this week is Taylor Heineke. They're playing the Chiefs. Yep, the Chiefs yep. give up the most points to opposing quarterbacks in fantasy. Washington gives up the second most. So this is probably going to have a really high over-under. And then, you know, they probably have to shoot out. And the Chiefs defense kind of sucks. So I think Heineke's number one. Trevor Lawrence against Miami. 
Lawrence, if he's out there, yes. But if he's not, it gets hard. Like, I don't want to... I mean, Bridgewater? That was who I had second. I had Heineke, then Bridgewater, and then Carson Wentz versus Houston. Wentz against wow. the Colts. Wentz is a good actually one. looked pretty good last week. I don't know if... I, I, I still err on the side of caution with Wentz and think that's probably going to be the exception and not the rule. It was a really well-designed game plan. Just like a lot of open passes were there for him. He was just like hitting these quick little outs like the whole game. And he did look pretty good, but he wasn't exactly like, you know, he didn't look like Peyton Manning out there. Can I also give you one, like a really, if you're desperate, if you are desperate, can I give you as a quarterback streamer that's particularly relevant to both of yeah. you? Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just to say it. I'm going to get it Gino? off my chest. What, ben Roethlisberger. Oh, Roethlisberger. He's playing the Seahawks. Wow. I believe the Seahawks have given up the most yardage to this point in NFL history. Like, <laughs> That's a good what point. What do you do? Like, is is that on the table if you're desperate? The Seahawks defense is so league. bad. It's so bad, you guys. I, I can't even like speak ill of this idea, Heifetz. I, the Seahawks defense is incredibly bad. I just had to throw it out there. But don't don't play Ben Roethlisberger unless you're literally like, you have no idea what else to do. But yeah, Heineke, yeah. Wentz, and Teddy Bridgewater, I think, are the three this week to stream. Okay, defenses. Tough week for that, too. Uh, um, I think the two to look at this week are if they're available, the Cowboys D against the Patriots is actually kind of not that bad. And then the other one, the Vikings D against the Panthers. It's a little dicey to go against the Panthers because they can put up points, but... The Vikings Darnold. is just really complicated, and Darnold can just throw picks and throw yeah. pick sixes, and he had, what, three picks last week? So I'd probably go the Vikings. Is there anything else even on your radar? This is a tough week for streaming days. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah, I, I forgot mean, to look up defenses. Well, if you look it up, you would just be like, <laughs> wow, I don't have any ideas, so it's okay. I think the Vikings, if okay. they're out, Vikings are pretty widely available, and I would go get them. Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to stick to the team playing Houston, you could get Indy, but... It's just, it's just not a great week. Okay. That's all we got. Just to re, do we want to recap all the guys? Yeah, sure. The ones with the top three. So we got the running back. It's Darrell Williams. It's Devontae Booker. And if you need someone this week, like Alex Collins, if you want to go like more just over the next month or so, Khalil Herbert, wide receiver, Kadaris Tony is like unanimous number one. And then after that, Tim Patrick, Rondell Moore, like the top two, tight end, Woof, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz, depending what happens with Dallas Goddard Thursday night football. Dick Jones. Ricky Seals Jones, Dick Jones, Richard Jones Seals. If you're a streamer, go get Taylor Heineke or, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. Or if you really want it once, if you really don't like yourself and then defense, yeah, Vikings or Cowboys. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's okay. it. Fantasy by Mariah Carey. We can get it from 150. We can take it to 300. We can do it. If they let us do it. Seriously. <laughs> we'll just, music and talk, Spotify, you just get it in the intro. Every podcast listen will count as a stream, like boom, bingo. Get that to 300. I know. Think about how many extra streams they would get. Unbelievable. All right. And then also, please, if you want, wherever you listen to this podcast, give the five stars. Give us the five stars. We're thirsty. Love those stars. We're shameless. We have no... We, we get all our <laughs> affirmation from your stars. That's how we feel good about ourselves at night. Yeah. I wake up every morning. I check the stars. If they're bad, <laughs> I have a bad day. <laughs> Can't piss excellence if you don't have excellent ratings. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, okay. DK. That one know. was geared towards Craig for and, and trying not to let him judge me anymore. To be honest, I'm not the biggest Kendrick Lamar guy. God, I like him. Like Craig, it, Kendrick man. Lamar geared toward Craig is a funny one. <laughs> right. I don't know what Craig likes. Um, I, like, I'm not putting him on in the car. I'm not like, you know what I want to do right now? Listen to Kendrick Lamar. I love Kendrick I, Lamar. I, I Shout out to Dissect. Great Spotify right. podcast. That one was Hyphens then. Yeah. 
Craig loves uh, DK loves um, pleasing me. That's I'm pandering. I'm pandering now. We're pandering for the five stars. Please give us five stars. And email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com if you have showdown time questions. They're getting better. It's a high bar. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.